What's up, y'all? This is another episode of D-Lo Speaks. I want y'all to go ahead and follow my podcast page on Twitter at d Speaks. And I want to thank y'all for tuning in. So what's up, y'all? I'm back with another episode. Y'all already know what time it is. I want y'all to go ahead and get on Twitter. Follow my podcast page at DLo Speaks. I want y'all to follow my personal page at Ask Me Sucker. And you can go ahead and head over to Instagram and follow me on there at DLo the Kid. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump right on into it. So y'all already know what's been going on in the music world. It's a lot of stuff that has been going on. But first, let's talk about how Eminem dropped this surprise album on everybody and no one was expecting it. That's why it's called The Surprise. But let's get into it. For me personally, it had no skips. I was ready for what he surprised us with. And I was like, dang. Since when... Then Eminem just was like, boom, I'ma drop a surprise album. But again, that's why it was a surprise. But first, I wanna say this. A lot of people, believe it or not, been having a lot to say about this album. And mainly the question that arise was, hmm, is Eminem back? But Eminem never left. And I can see why people say what they said or why they question what they did. Because, hmm, let's say for the past, well, the past two albums that he put out, which was Revival and Kamikaze. Revival was talked about a lot. And people, you know, they claim that nah, it flopped. Blah, blah, blah. Saying that it flopped, Mm, to me, I would just say this. If both Revival and Kamikaze peaked at number one, like, to me, that's not a flop. And, of course, you know, if it fell off the charts or whatever, that's why people call it a flop. But my thing is, like, if it peaked at number one and everybody was tuned in, just because it wasn't your preference doesn't mean that it flopped now with the revival in the current times and the things that he had to talk about you know you would think that during that period of time with all the stuff that was going on in america at that time you know it would be perceived a certain way but everybody like it's like they disliked it because they're used to eminem being a certain way when it comes to him rapping okay you can't box somebody in to be a certain way or to be the same way that you're familiar with them being. So, with that being said, him making Revival, to me, I didn't think that it was a flop. I thought it was a dope album. Um, Was it his best, best work? No. But, again, it's all about preference. I didn't see a problem with it. And then, of course, you know, the MGK beef came up and all of this was going on then he ended up dropping kamikaze which i thought was also a dope album but again people talked about that album too so i'm like when will y'all give it a break 
But of course, when you're the GOAT and you're that high on a level when it comes to NMC, you always gonna have hate from every direction, no matter what it is. Then he dropped this album, Music to Be Murdered. And nobody can tell me that Eminem didn't smoke this album. And, well, Music to Be Murdered by, but you know, y'all get it. Nobody can tell me that this man didn't body this album from start to finish. Each song had a storyline. Each song was like it was just great. And you can't say that it wasn't. But the introduction set the tone for the whole album. And you know you don't really get that that much now. Especially when it comes to these new artists because they feel as though Mm, I'm in this trap era. Everything is like, you know, I'm comfortable in the zone that I'm in. People are going to vibe to it regardless because they hear it in the club. Boom, I'm going to just give y'all whatever I feel at this moment. But when it comes to true hip-hop and what Eminem did with this album, like, he bodied it. That introduction set the tone. And it's crazy that Young and May got a feature with Eminem, like, I thought that that was really dope, too. And she did what she had to do on the song, too. But I, what I really, really, really did like about this album, each song flowed well together. When one song went off, it went straight into the next song, and everything flowed together. Like, it wasn't all over the place. This was really a dope album. Um, We all know that... One, Godzilla, that was the most talked about song on this album. And that was because of, one, how he smoked that track. This man was rapping at the speed of light and had me all the way messed up if he thought that I wasn't going to pull them lyrics up to try to see what's... Like, literally, when this man started rapping fast, I paused the song and I read the lyrics. And then I was like, yo, <laughs> this man rhyme scheme within him rapping fast was out of this world. And you don't get much MCs who can rap fast and you can still hear every word that they say. It's all about the enunciation. But Eminem, he's a master at it. He killed it. Um, but for sure, Premonition, which was the intro song, definitely loved it. Um, set the tone for the whole album. Um, Unaccommodating with Young and May. Loved it. You Gonna Learn. I thought it was really dope too. Um, I like those kind of nights as well with him and Ed Sheeran. In Too Deep. Definitely a dope um, story song. Storytelling type song. Like all the stories that he told was vivid. Um, Godzilla. Loved it. Darkness. Loved it. And you know Darkness really spoke on a lot when it came to like shootings and different things especially like what took place in Las Vegas but think about it you know he made Revival and he was pretty much talking about the different things in America that was happening during that time on this album Eminem basically did the same thing like he incorporated everything from 
previous albums or hate from anywhere, whatever it is, he incorporated all of that within this album. He also took the whole trap sound with chopping your words and all this other stuff. He took that that approach on um, Marsh. Killed it. Like, this man shows within this fourth decade, well, third or fourth, whatever decade for him, um, this man showed that he can adapt to anything. That's what you call a true MC. That's longevity. Something that a lot of these people who chose to rap now is going to miss out on. They're not going to have the longevity. And before you know it, within the next two years, they're gone. Um, but I definitely like Marsh. Stepdad was good. Um, Yaya as well. Um, yeah, I just like the whole album from start to finish. Didn't skip one song. I think that y'all should really respect him and respect what he gives, what he put out. And just appreciate good music from an MC. Um, let's see. We also had in the past, um, Megan. Well, not in the past, but you know, Megan and Normani did their song. I liked the song. I thought it was pretty dope. Um, did I? You know, is it something that I feel as though I should constantly listen to? I would say no. Um, soundtrack worthy, of course. I thought it was dope. For me, and I saw a lot of people was talking about it on Twitter or whatever because they felt as though, which some people may have been doing that, but they felt as though Normani was maybe copying Fergie or whatever the case was, but then it was brought up that Marilyn Monroe did something like this and, you know, they pretty much made it similar to that video or whatever it was that she was doing. For me, when I mentioned Fergie, I mentioned it because, to me, she sound like Fergie. Like, the style of it is what I felt from it when, you know, I heard it. So, but all in all, I think it was a dope song. Um, I really liked Megan's second verse on that song more than I did the first verse. But, you know, it was a dope video, dope song. Congratulations to the both of them. Even though Normani blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> but, you know, still, congratulations to them. Um, I haven't really listened to any other music during that time. Um, I started Mac Miller um, album, but I didn't finish it because I was doing something else. got sidetracked. Um, but for the most part, music-wise, Eminem's album was really dope. And... Y'all should just respect it. And I found it. I also like the fact that this man pretty much, you know, made a joke of the whole MGK beef and let it be known that, you know, I did the beef because I he started it. I finished it. Um, same with Nick Cannon. He, you know, made it made it aware that, hey, I heard you. I heard your, your click you had with you on the track, too. But I want to let you know that I'm better than you and them. Even if y'all individually came at me, I'm still better than y'all. Thought that was dope too. I saw the rumor that, you know, he was dissing Cardi or whatever the case is. 
Um, I went back and read the lyrics, deciphered the meaning. I could see how it could, you know, relate to him, but I'm just gonna let that stay up in the air. If it was for her, then cool. If it wasn't for her, then cool. They, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think that it was really dope how he constructed that whole album. So yeah, if you're looking for real hip hop, that's where it is. This next topic, it pretty much goes with what I was just talking about when it, well, when I brought up Eminem, but there was a tweet from one of my mutuals. Uh, I can't find the tweet as fast as I, I should have pulled it up before I started this, but I'm just going to paraphrase what the tweet said. So basically it was like, um, what rapper do you feel could match Nikki's breath control or whatever the case is? And y'all already know Nikki's breath control on these albums, I mean, on these songs really be, you know, off the chain, like, it be lit, so, a couple of people was commenting, and someone said Eminem and Kendrick, and I agreed, Eminem and Kendrick, but my mutual's response was, oh, Eminem, that's not up for debate, he definitely matches her breast control. Kendrick, uh, it's a little questionable. So, of course, I was like, nah. Kendrick one isn't questionable at all. Like, Kendrick matches Nicki's breast control. And if you, if you, like, a fan of Kendrick or if you listen to his music, you know that Kendrick matches Nicki's, um, breast control. You can go all the way back to his, um, earlier days when he was making music and if anybody don't think that he matches her breath control, listen to his song called Rigor Mortis. Kendrick breath control within that song, like this man was flowing nonstop. Then he sped up at the end, still flowing nonstop. So like, you know, he is proof in the pudding that he matches her, her breath control. So, you know, I responded with that. So he went and listened to the song, came back and was like, mm. I don't know, still debatable because it sounds like it's, you know, kind of all over the place, but it wasn't. And when it comes to MCs rapping, breath control could be given on a track, even if you're rapping fast or if you're rapping at like a medium tempo and you just flowing, but you're able to control how you breathe when it comes to enunciation and being able to stay on a certain cadence and you know just just be able to flow well and keep your same breath control that's what it's mainly all about and Kendrick does that and even on rigor mortis he was he had different areas of breath control is what I'm really saying he did it at the end of all right he did it on um at the end of DNA like he has songs where he's shown that his breath control can match Nicki's. Even when he did the live um, performance at the BET Awards, where he was, um, he did the whole skit where he was 
in handcuffs and all this other stuff. And he was rapping like, come on, his breath control was, it was shown there. This man was going hard, like spit flying out the mouth and everything. <laughs> like, the it, it shows. He The proof is in the pudding. So, you know, of course, it, it's all a conversational type thing. Uh, sometimes you're going to agree to disagree. Hey, and that's cool. But getting different viewpoints on it. It's all it's all for conversation, all for good game, um, and really no. I was surprised that a lot of people really wasn't, you know, mentioning different artists because mainly a lot of people was on the line of, oh, well, no one matches Nicki's breath control, but I mean in reality they do. Um, you know, of course, we ride hard for Nikki or whatever the case is. But sometimes we, you have to tell the truth. Like you have to, like just own up to the fact that Nikki is a, a, a one of the illest MCs, hands down. We know that, and it don't hurt to actually have her name in conversations with other ill MCs. And sometimes you're gonna have somebody who may. Um, match her breath control or you feel as though when it comes to bars their um, lyricism or whatever the case is is a competition to Nikki's. It's okay. Like stuff like this is okay because this is what hip hop is about. You have to put people in certain categories to keep hip hop alive because clearly it's oversaturated with this whole trap sound. Everybody just want to have a good time, vibe, you know, just make music where people can hear in the club and they can just have a good time. There's nothing wrong with that, but you have to understand that people who make music like that and they stay in that lane, you cannot compare them to the MCs who actually take pride in what they do and actually give us the stuff that we want to hear and what's really hip-hop. So, at the end of the day, for me, I think that Eminem and Kendrick matches Nikki's breath control. Um, and that's just that's just the way it is. But again, if anybody feels as though it's not true or they feel maybe Kendrick really doesn't match it and you have somebody else you want to speak on, guess what you can do? You can go to my podcast page at Delo Speaks and you can give your comment on there or If you, you know, want to DM me and give this whole passage or whatever, however you feel, I can read it whenever I do my next episode, or you can be a part of it to explain your, you know, your piece on the situation. Either way, it's fine. If you want to, if you don't, it's cool. But we can always agree to disagree, whether it's on here or within the comments or whatever. Um... Another subject that I wanted to touch on, you know, I've, it happened last night. Well, I'm pretty sure everybody know the Deborah lady who was the CEO um, with the Grammy situation and all of that other stuff. She wanted to file the lawsuit and all this different things for the um, against the Recording Academy because of... Well, she, you know, it was claims of sexual harassment and all this other stuff. 
And, you know, she brought light to a lot of stuff that a lot of these artists have been already talking about. And, you know, Nikki has, Nikki has been, well, first of all, I saw a tweet where somebody was like, well, hey, this whole Grammy situation is funny how y'all, you know, made it about Nikki. But it's not the fact that people are trying to make it about Nikki, but you have to understand Nikki is a top tier MC who has been in the game for 10 plus years and she's always been in hip hop topics. When it comes to any award show, her name is going to be included. Grammys included anything whatever it is if you if you happen to get an award for something her name is going to be included now nikki has been the only artist to my knowledge to speak on anything grammy related vocally she's been the only artist to do it and you know of course you had different rappers who may have said lyrics in their songs that insinuated that, hey, you can't trust these award shows and different things like that because, you know, it's rigged. That's just a paraphrase. They didn't say it exactly like that, but Nikki has been on Queen Radio. She has it. She has done it in tweets that, you know, hey, you cannot trust these award shows because these people are um, on a panel and they like at least 60 to like 70% of these people are white people. People who don't really understand the culture to its entirety. So they pretty much do things based off of their liking and what they feel as though um I guess the mainstream radio more commercial based type songs that are likable. Prime example, the music that Lizzo makes. This is what white people really adore. So they're going to always vote on music that almost shapes in the sound of what Lizzo music sounds like. Or, you know, something that's more, I guess you could say, maybe family-oriented or whatever the case is. They're going to push for music like that. And you got people that sit on the panel and they ask, you know, different people to sit on the panel or whatever to do these votes. If you got somebody on that panel that dislikes an artist, they're not going to vote for that artist to be, you know, even nominated. And when it comes to Nicki, that's pretty much what took place. Everybody seen it. Everybody knew that Nikki was being blackballed. And, you know, when it comes to her being blackballed and she's one of the illest MCs and have hate coming from every direction, it's expected from these people when they sit on these panels because now they feel like they're at a higher power. Um, I've seen a couple of tweets where this girl commented under the thread with the whole Deborah situation, how she said back in 2010, she, you know, asked to be on the panel. And wait, I'm going to read exactly what she said. I'm not going to, you know, butcher what she said. So, basically, 
the girl was like, I'm pulling it up. All right, she said, if anyone wants to interview me about the time I was asked to be on a ballot committee for alternative and left crying because it was so effed up and awful, everyone in the room was white male over 40 except for one 40 plus woman. And somebody was like, you did the right thing walking away. And she was like, it was a scandal. I'll name names. Then she said, also, let me tell you that the head of the panel had to call me that night to apologize. I gave him a piece of my mind, told him they were in the dark ages and was disinvited from any further panels. I also got an apology email from the only other woman. The year was 2010. And that was under the post um, that was dealing with the whole Grammy situation and, you know, how they get different people to be on the panels. And I thought that that was kind of crazy because, you know, certain people, like I said, certain people get on these panels and they're only going to get certain ones that they, they prefer or whenever these people get on these panels, if it's an artist that they don't like, they're going to automatically turn away from that, um, those artists. And, you know, it's a lot of artists, even living or dead, that have been nominated for Grammys and didn't get any. They got snubbed. And, you know, with Nicki speaking out about it, um, to my knowledge, I know Jay-Z, he may have mentioned Grammy, but when I mentioned Jay-Z in my tweet, I was mainly talking about, you know, with... Um, billboards and different things. Even Beyonce spoke on Spotify. Um, but Jay-Z basically said, you know, it's crazy how people prefer to work for the man than to work with him. And and it happens. That's, that's pretty much how people operate. But if you think about it, if somebody trying to put you on game, you might want to listen. Um... Eminem has spoke about it when he was with Sway. He spoke on the Grammy situation and how the panel is and the different things that they do. Um, I know I was watching this documentary on female um, MCs or whatever, and Yo-Yo mentioned how she was on the panel one year, and she just noticed how different things was just off. Like, so these people really don't care. And then Nikki spoke on it and she even spoke about how she was bullied to bullied to keep quiet for those seven years or whatever the case is and you know it's crazy how when Nikki Ariana Grande she spoke out about it and when Nikki spoke out about it everything that she said is now coming to the light now and it's crazy that after Nikki spoke about it, the man that was like the head CEO person over the Grammys or whatever, he decided to step down. And then now you have this other lady who was a part of all of that. She's speaking out too. And, you know, pretty much wanting her coins for being sexually harassed and for defamation and um, not having equal pay and different things like that. So it's just crazy to me how all of this is just unfolding but I'm not surprised because of how the people were on this panel like it's expected 
And I won't be surprised if it all get brushed under a rug somewhere like in the next couple of weeks. Who knows? By the end of this week, you just never know. But, um, yeah, it's definitely crazy how this whole industry works. Um, but hey, um, it, even if they were to like try to apologize to these artists or, you know, try to give back what they should have had in the beginning, but trying to give it back is, it's going to be pointless because now it has no meaning. Something that these artists have been doing for for something that they love, the passion behind it, the drive behind it, and to just be stripped away because of a, a panel having some type dislike or hate toward this person, it's ridiculous. It, it's, it's very ridiculous, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, talent will always win. No matter how popular you are, um, talent will always win. So... All of the artists that got snubbed notice all of these artists have longevity. And you know that it, that's just how it is. And for the every everybody know, and I know well I'm not even gonna beat a dead horse, we just not even gonna speak on it. But you know, hey, everybody who's been nominated, congrats to you. Um but let's just be real. A couple of years from now. Do y'all think y'all really going to be relevant or have some type of longevity? Me personally, I don't think so. And that's because a lot of you, y'all don't have a drive or a passion for it. Y'all do it because y'all can and y'all do it because y'all already have an audience. But if you don't have the talent to actually match what you're putting out a couple of years from now, really, you're you're not going to be forgotten. But you're not going to be, it's not going to matter. All of these artists like Nicki, Cole, Kendrick, Drake, Eminem, all of them, they, they came out last decade, some of them decade before, but if they were to drop an album today and waited at least maybe three, four, five years before they decided to put out another one, guess what? If they put it out, it's still going to be accepted the same way it was if it was today and that's because these artists have longevity that's just the bottom line that's how everything works that's how hip-hop works and you know artists used to do that about two to three years you might not hear from them or get an album from them but when they drop it's classical like it's a classic album and that's what we used to get Hopefully it could go back to that, um, but it's a lot of ungrateful fans out here, so I don't see it doing that anytime soon because most of these fans have a short attention span, and it really sucks. So, but hey, hopefully it happens. But other than that, once again, I want y'all to go to Twitter, follow me on my podcast page at Delo Speaks. Follow my personal page at Ask Me Sucker, and you can follow me on Instagram at DLoTheKid. DM me, comment, whatever, however you feel about this episode, or if it's any topic that you want me to touch on, or if you have an idea about a topic and you want me to speak about it, give my piece on here. 
you can let me know in the comments or in the DMs. Um, but follow me on any of those three pages. And I want to thank y'all for listening to another episode of d Speaks.